Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Hip Senior Podcast, hosted by Marianne Bailey. Each week we sit down with seniors age 55 and up to share stories that will inspire you to live your life to the fullest. Plus, information on the latest services that will allow you to make your golden years into platinum years. So, grab your cup of joe, sit back, and get inspired. And now just a quick message from our sponsor of the day, Anchor by Spotify. Hi friends, this is Marion Bailey from The Hip Senior. Have you ever wondered what it takes to have a podcast? Well, I'm here to tell you that Anchor.fm is one of the easiest ways to get started. You can have a podcast up and running in one day. Did you know that? You can talk about things in your past, things that are going to happen in the future, things about a business or a volunteer opportunity. There's all kinds of reasons and things that you can do with a podcast. And I'm here to let you know that using Anchor by Spotify is one of the easiest ways to make a podcast. Everything that you need to record a podcast, to edit it, and to get it listed in all the major podcast listening platforms, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Everything's in one place. Simple to do. And oh, I forgot to mention, it's completely free. If you want more information about hosting a podcast or getting started, Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And now back to our podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Marianne Bailey with the Hip Senior Podcast. And today on the podcast is Shelby Duncan with Grace Hospice. Shelby, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Marianne. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I am so happy that you are on today. How is your St. Patrick's Day going? It is. So far, it's really good. What people don't realize is that we're on Zoom together, and I can see that Shelby has on her green, like I have my green on today. And um, it's kind of dreary outside here. Is it dreary there? It's it's gray, but you know what? I can see some spring ephemeral wildflowers popping up, so they are brightening my horizons and giving me hope for a beautiful spring and some sunny days ahead. Yeah, what I like about it is that I can see some green in the grass from my view here. At least mm-hmm. it's not snow. So we're all good. Yes. We're all good. I'm trying to debate whether I want to go out and get some some uh, St. Patty's Day type food or whether I just want to be good and grunge up something from the refrigerator for dinner. Probably the latter. But anyway, let's talk about Grace Hospice. Let's. So Grace Hospice is... A hospice in Cincinnati, Ohio, and we have been here about 11, almost 12 years, and I have worked at Grace. I am three weeks shy of seven years working at Grace Hospice, so I've been there for a while. What? So what's different about Grace Hospice? What? So, you know what? That's a really good question. And I think that's the most frequent question that I'm asked. What, I mean, there's the, the concrete things like 
I mean, we provide services like any other hospice provides, but we are smaller. We are almost a, a boutique hospice. And that sounds kind of weird, but we don't have thousands of people that come through our doors, you know, for us to serve them. So we have dozens instead of hundreds of people. So that offers us the opportunity to really concentrate and get to know each of our patients and their families and to truly tailor the service that we provide for them. You know, and it, it gives us a chance. We talk a lot about this idea of having a hospice heart and a hospice heart for us is one that is giving, one that is sacrificing for the good of others, for our patients. It's about going above and beyond. And I think because we talk about that so much and it's something that we all believe in, that we try and manifest that with all of the families that we serve. And, you know, we talk as a group frequently about what has brought us to hospice and almost every one of us, almost every one of us has lost someone in hospice or lost someone close to us that hospice would have helped. So it's, it's a personal mission for all of us. And I think that that sets us apart from some other hospices. We're not just giving you a line. We're, we're living it too. You know, I hear every single time that I interview somebody that's in any kind of care situation with seniors, um, normally the reason their reason for um, is because they've had past personal history mm -hmm. uh, with either they had really great service somewhere, but that business went out of business for some reason. And they felt like they needed to, um, you know, balance those scales of having some really good business or that they had really poor service or they did had no service whatsoever. So, you know, somebody that didn't realize that when their parents were could were being put in a senior home, you know, that there were services out there to help them downsize and pack things and sell mm -hmm. stuff like that. And they wish that was available in their area. And so they started a business doing that. So yeah, I, I, I can see where, how, like I said, everybody that I've ever spoken to has some personal tie to caring for seniors, no matter what their situation was. Like mine, you know, my mom was a, a nurse at a senior home for years and years while I was growing up, you know, so yeah, she, they often found me um, out off in the halls talking to people and, mm -hmm. you know, people always want, you know, older people always want to talk to younger people that makes them feel more alive and more invested. So, well, sure. What people don't like talking to other people, we are social creatures. We right. need each other. I mean, it's not, not an odd thing that COVID has made us all reassess how we relate to each other and, you know, realize there are different kinds of people, but that we all need to be connected to be stable and healthy, prosperous and happy. Exactly. You know, and do, exactly. and you know, I think that the experience that people have in healthcare with anything, you know, if you've experienced it, you can I think you have a deeper innate understanding of the process and, you know, there's very few powerful moments in life and death is absolutely one of those moments that makes you refocus, take heed and, you know, really be thoughtful and mindful about your actions and how you move forward in your daily doings. 
So it's an honor to be able to help people through that process. I would imagine so, Shelby. Um, I would also imagine that there's some days at the end of the day that you're just purely exhausted, that there's good days and then there's not so great days when, you know, maybe somebody passes away that you're, you know, a little bit closer to than someone else or whatever. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, I will tell you, you know, people, I've been asked this question before, um, you know, I think people deal with it in different ways, but when I think of hospice, I think of it as falling in love with people. You know, sometimes you fall in love with people very superficially. Sometimes you fall in love with them with your heart. You know, it's almost like they're part of your family and you become very attached to them. When someone comes to hospice, they typically have a certification of terminal illness. The doctor said they have six months or less. That being said, some people come to us farther on in that six months and they have a shorter time with us. But sometimes we get people closer to the that terminal diagnosis and we can help them and take good care of them and they last longer than the six months. So we have even more time to have them in our lives and for us to be in their lives. And there are people that you can end up knowing uh, who come on and off of service who you end up knowing for years. And um, it can be hard. It absolutely, I would say if you meet someone who works in hospice and they told you they never cry, they're probably lying. <laughs> I'll say there are plenty of times I cry. And I think that for me, it's the cathartic reaction. Um, you know, some people pray, some people meditate, some people journal. Um, but I think frequently we're human beings and our tears flow, you know, right. and it's not, it's a mixture of things, but working in hospice, you know, often that when people leave us, they're out of pain, which is a blessing right. you know? because that's our goal is that people are comfortable that they're pain-free, but even more, it, it's not just about the physicality of the end of life and the death. It's the psychosocial, emotional side of it, where we can let people know that they're loved. You know, if you're providing good quality hospice care, it's not checking the boxes and making a visit. It's not something that CMS, that, you know, the federal government is keeping metrics on. It's the touch. It's the heartfelt moments it's that human bond that you have with that person and that family and how you've helped walk that patient home and there's nothing else like that when you hold someone when they take their last breath and you know that you did everything that you could to let them know from one human being to another that they were loved that is to me one of the greatest gifts that we can give as a human being we take so many people for granted in our daily lives and I'm, you know, I can talk some snack myself as you know, <laughs> um, and I know it, but I also know that when you're helping someone who's terminally ill and they say thank you, or they tell you that they love you, that is, I call it heart speak. You know, that is one human heart to the other. And that's not a, a quantifiable thing. It's a qualifiable thing. And to me, that is, that's it. That's why I do this. That is the joy. I guess some people would say it fills your bucket, but I say it fills my heart. I like that. Yeah. I love that. 
what um so let's talk about some some myths you know like do oh my gosh do some people not contact hospice because they think that it's going to be expensive for them out of their pocket so a lot of people don't know that hospice is something if you work and you pay taxes you are paying for your hospice it's paid for out of medicare part a which is the part of Medicare you don't pay a premium for. So if you work your qualifying quarters for social security, hospice is free. It covers your medical equipment. It covers your prescriptions related to your diagnosis. It covers your supplies like pull-ups, chucks, bandages, lotion, shampoo, things like that. Um, it covers the clinical nursing visits, the STNA visits, social work, volunteer, chaplain, bereavement coordinator, you know, if you need a therapy eval, that's included in it too. So it's free. And if you don't have social security, if you're younger, it is covered by almost every insurance from TRICARE to Humana, Aetna to Buckeye, all well, they, they all cover it. Are there so, nonprofit hospices out there that would cover somebody that absolutely was younger, didn't have Medicaid or Medicare? and um, didn't have health so insurance? There are for-profit hospices and non-profit hospices. Any hospice, um, any hospice, we have taken pro bono patients. Okay. If someone doesn't have insurance for whatever reason, or they don't have Medicare, then yeah, I mean, hospice isn't always about the billing. It's about yeah. doing the right thing. And I think that you know, we're part of the healthcare industry and that's a very stereotyped industry. You know, you think healthcare, you think big pharma, hospitals, high profit goings on. And hospice is really the quiet side of it. It's the quiet, emotive, hand-holding side of it. Nobody, nobody in my office works there to get rich. Not financially, it's spiritual richness. <laughs> Um, but I think the next biggest myth that I find in talking to people is that they think hospice is a place and it's not a place. It's the philosophy of care. I, so, used, to, I, used, to, I used to drive down Wilmington. I saw Dayton hospice. I think it was or whatever. And yeah. Always just assumed that it, th the hospice was a building that people went to. Yeah, no, that is actually, if you see it on a building like that, that's what we call an IPU, an inpatient unit. Okay. And that is where people go to die. And it is a more clinical setting. You know, some people want to go there. Grace Hospice actually specializes in caring for people at home or wherever they call home. So an assisted living, an independent living, a condo, a house, a barn, wherever you live that you call home is where we're going to provide your service. Okay. That seems fair. All right. And then what's one last myth? Um, oh, that is a good question. Let me think of a doozy. Um, uh, I don't know if it's a myth, but it's an assumption. When I meet people, they are so used to dealing with doctors in a curative care setting where the doctor says, you will do this, this, and this. And the patient says, okay. And because hospice is the end of the palliative care cycle, we want it to be a conversation. 
And I always tell people, and they kind of look at me weird. I always say, you're driving the bus. <laughs> and I mean it though. They get to make choices. It's a conversation. We want to know what works, what doesn't work, what should be changed. What brings you the most comfort? Do you need more visits from the nurse? Do you need the chaplain to come pray with you more? Do you want fewer visits? Do you want to, you know, lock it down and not let, you know, people come out on Wednesdays, you need a day off and people, whatever works for you. If you have allergies or you find that one medication works better than a, another or a brand or whatever it is, people should always remember that they have the right to choose in healthcare. I think a lot of people go to the doctor, the doctor says, you do this, they say, okay. And then they get home and they're like, oh man, what'd I do? You know, they, they, I think people should choose to be more informed about their healthcare, ask questions, interview people, make choices. Because what might work well for one person may not work well for another. So I think that when you're choosing a hospice company, that you should talk to the people who work there before you sign any paperwork. And, you know, I think that the generation of uh, boomers now, because um, I because I heard that it's okay to say boomers, but not baby boomers anymore, for the record. Uh, I don't know. I'll ask my mom. She's a boomer. <laughs> I, I heard that that uh, seniors was okay, but not senior citizens. And boomer um, was okay, but not baby boomers because they're not babies anymore. Um, but that they, my mom had breast cancer um, and she found out, oh, 21, 22 years ago now when my daughter was very young. And we were talking about like natural progesterone cream and this and that and whatnot. And she went to her doctor and, she, and this was like, I think after she recovered. So probably a little bit more longer than that uh, or sooner than that. And so anyway, uh, so she went and talked to her and she came back and she goes, oh yeah, my doctor said, you know, she, they, she prescribes that whatever and that I'm free to do uh, research and be, or you know what? I take that back. I think it was before. And it was like after she had gotten her diagnosis for cancer and the doctor had given her permission to research her own cancer. And I went, wait, what? And I said, well, okay, if if you're comfortable with this doctor, then I'm okay with that. But if that doctor had said, no, this is the information we're providing you. And this is the information that you're allowed to know about this. And we don't want you on the internet looking for more information on your own, on your own time, this and that, whatever. We would have a different conversation about finding a different doctor. And I think that yeah, people, that's a norm though. Now people can, they have access to the internet. They have access to almost too much information sometimes where you're terrified because you've looked at everything. Oh, you get overload. You're, you have too much yeah. information and you can't make a decision moving forward because it's kind of like buying a new pair of shoes and you've got 20 pairs of shoes that are almost similar together, but you just can't choose narrow that one. How do you choose? You walk away usually. Right. People do get overwhelmed, but it's their healthcare. So if they walk away, it's very detrimental to them. Right. And I think that, you know, people, you know, if a doctor says use this big hospice, then people are like, okay, because they, they're not informed. They don't know that there are choices of hospice companies to choose from. And you always have your right to look on the internet, look and read their reviews, call the office and like I'm a community liaison, call and ask to talk to the community liaison, see what the scoop is, make them come out and talk to you, make them 
show you and talk to you and see how they interact with you. You know, it's not, you're not shopping for shoes with hospice. You're shopping for end of life care. These are the people who are going to be holding your hand when you're dying and leaving this world. So you need to choose the people that fit you the best, who are going to give you the highest quality, most dignity, and most love while you are leaving this mortal coil. It is, it's a bigger choice than people give it credit for. And I think that hospice when it's done right can be a really good experience it can be very loving and affirming and when it's done wrong it can be very painful and very almost disastrous for the people who are left behind it can leave scars on their hearts and their minds so let's go around this done wrong if somebody's in a situation where they're just not maybe hitting it off with their community liaison or their nurse or mm-hmm. whoever comes out to visit them, um, should should they immediately think about changing hospices or should they contact the hospice and say, hey, is there somebody else that could visit me instead and see well, if that's a better fit? I'll be honest with you. So there's two scenarios there. Yeah, you can always ask for a change of staff because there will be other social workers, chaplains, nurses that can switch out. So yeah, if you're happy with the frequency and the quality of the service, but maybe you're not jiving with the personalities coming into your home, yeah, absolutely ask for a change of staff. But I find sometimes that um, that people are not getting the services that they want. And that's when I get calls about transfers from other hospices. You always have the right to transfer. You can choose whatever hospice you want. And if you find that, you know, someone came to your home, you signed paperwork and they made you promises and said, we're going to come out three days a week, or this is going to happen. And that doesn't happen. You should probably call and find out about transferring. And it's okay to do that. You can find out what other hospices have to offer. It might be the same. It might be different. Um, but it, it happens, you know, sometimes, and I will say if, if you're going with a, a larger hospice at some points in time, you know, and, and it's been evidenced with the COVID pandemic. I mean, staffing changes at a lot of places and places can be understaffed and it happens. If you're not getting the service you need, ask those questions, you know, Hey, is your hospice fully staffed? What, you know, what disciplines do you offer? What, what sets you apart? What makes you special? How do you treat people? What does a discipline mean? A discipline, like we have, um, you know, we have nursing, we have aides that visit, social workers, chaplains, volunteer coordinators. So each of those disciplines have something different to offer every family. Okay. And some families don't want anyone but the nurse, which is fine. But, you know, I would say I would give a huge shout out, not only to our nurses, but our aides, because they do such great work for people. And I don't know about you, but having clean hair and being freshly bathed is a wonderful feeling. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it can be, you know, very invigorating for people to be clean and, you know, have clean PJs or lounge pants on and go back to bed. It just makes you feel like a shining star. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, just because you think a choice is made doesn't mean that you've given up your rights as a patient or patient advocate, family member, you always have the right to question. 
And you always have the right to talk with the staff at your hospice about what is going on. Like, what does this medicine do? What, you know, they, the aides will be teaching you how to better reposition people in bed so it's easier on your back. And they'll teach you how to do what they do as they go along to make your life as a caregiver easier. And right. if that's not happening, it's something that you need to talk to the hospice you're getting service from about. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right. There's always a choice. Always. Choices are good. And seniors, <laughs> they are. Seniors need choices and sometimes they need to be guided um, to the right choice. And some, hopefully they have family and family members that help it. If not, Grace Hospice is a great place to um, start and to reach out for help. And to um, Shelby is definitely worth a uh, phone call to ask questions and find out more about helping you with getting involved with Grace Hospice um, as a uh, loving family member um, who's... Um, whose loved one uh, needs hospice or just finding out about whether or not they do need the hospice. So um, Shelby, how can they reach out to you? Well, I would tell them they can reach out. Anybody's welcome to call seven days a week. You can call the office at 513-458-5545. And that just ask for Shelby Duncan. That's me. And I'd love to talk to anybody I can do an informational meeting with your family seven days a week. Um, our hospice services are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, or they can email me at sduncan, D-U-N-C-A-N, at ghospice.com. And if they are not in the Cincinnati area or whatnot, well, how many other interestingly enough, um, we have Grace locations throughout Ohio and our Cincinnati office services from Dayton to Delhi out to the Pike County line with, you know, right south of Wilmington as a boundary. So we take most of Southwest Ohio, but if they're in Ohio, I could definitely provide a contact number for one of our other Grace branches in the state. Okay. So they're just in Ohio. They're not in any other state. We are in several states. Um, so we have locations in Texas, Virginia, Wisconsin, Michigan, Indiana, and Ohio. Nice. All right. Well, Shelby, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that your rest of your day uh, is very green with St. Patrick's Day. And um, I look forward to the next time we can talk about hospice together. Well, thanks a lot, Marion. I really appreciate you having me on the podcast. Um, and yeah, if anybody wants to call or send me an email, I'd be more than happy to talk with them. And they don't, you know, just whatever, even if they just want to reach out, even if they just need someone to talk to, I'm always here. So thank you very much for this opportunity. And I will attest, she is always there. There's times when I've called her and been like, hey, let's go do something. And she's like, oh, I got to work today. So <laughs> Seven days a week, this girl, I'm telling you. So if you do need to reach out to Shelby, uh, once again, give them your friend number again, 513-458-5545 and ask for Shelby. 458. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us on the Hip Senior Podcast. 
um, head over to thehipsenior.com and from that link you can read the magazine, you can check out our shopping directory and listen to other podcast issues as well. So have a wonderful day, everybody. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Hip Senior Podcast. Remember to subscribe or you'll miss out on more inspirational stories that will make your golden years into platinum years. If you'd like to learn more about the senior services provided today, please visit us online at www.thehipsenior.com.